Welcome back to the Stag Raw Podcast. This episode I'm joined by Mason Robertson, host of Relatable Chapters. Uh, Mason sort of takes four or six key points out of someone's life and they explore that through their podcast. I'm going to be on that podcast soon, so make sure you're heading over to his podcast, Relatable Chapters, which of course you'll find in the show notes and uh, following there and uh, have a listen to some of the awesome guests that he's already had on there. Um, I found Mason through his podcast with Seamus Martin and uh, Steve Holloway from Between Two Bears. Of course, we had Between Two Bears on here a couple of months ago. If you've missed that episode, go back and have a have a geese. And yeah, Mason's questions and interview process is really awesome. Like many things, it develops over time. Mason's someone that's putting in the work. He's cracking through those that 50 mark and um, yeah, just continuing to learn and develop and reap the benefits of podcasting and conversation with people that's in depth. As he says, it's a chance to sit down with people that um, maybe your friends or maybe you don't know and you're interested in and really get the opportunity to ask those questions that you wouldn't be able to do of just, you know, flicking back and forth an Instagram message or hanging out for a coffee or, or a beer or whatever it is. Um, yeah, you get that opportunity to remove the veil and uh, you go deep, which is which is pretty cool. And yeah, it's a buzzy situation when you take the headphones off at the end of it and just kind of go, "Wow, that was a that was a journey." And and you both found, find out so much about each other. So yeah, really cool stuff. And I hope you enjoy this one. We we go for a decent chunk of time, hour forty. Um, yeah, he came over on his way from Hamilton to Papamore, and we had dinner. Uh, with the family and then sat down on the couch and recorded this uh, enjoyed ourselves a nice hot element chocolate there um, unfortunately as we know in New Zealand it's it's not available but um, if you're in Australia or or the US check out that link in the show notes it's still there um, so Nigel Beach was over in the States for uh, looking at golf I think it was at the Titleist Centre or something like that and uh, he picked himself up a massive stash of element to bring home so what a legend anyway Without further ado, let's get into this episode with Mason Robinson. You got a few extra dials than I do. That's better, eh? So does this, um, is it straight on? Yeah, so... Is it 360? No. I've made that mistake a couple of times. <laughs> Been talking. It sounds like you're in a toilet a little bit when you when you do that. It's not as oh good. yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So that was with um, one of your recent guests, um, the Ultraman guy. Oh yeah. His mic was wrong. You had to pick him up from the wrong side. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Old oh, Simon. Simon. Yeah. Simon, Simon Cochran, Cochran, world champion now of the Ultraman. I have to um, see he's done done a podcast. So he must be back on the vibe. Because he, he smashed Aussie. Yep. Qualified for Hawaii. Went to Canada, smashed that. Yeah. And then just finished Hawaii 1-0. Yeah, and I think part of the situation with Aussie is there's a little bit of beef in the um, in the Ultraman community. And so it's sort of like named that, but it's not official or some shit like that. Oh, okay, so not beef with him specifically. Yeah. No. It's beef with the course, beef with the 
the organization organization and the you know it's a bit like crossfit and functional fitness isn't it oh yeah <laughs> if you're not a part of it you're not a part of it eh? you hate it <laughs> pretty much i saw a, you know we were talking at dinner over um reels and tiktoks i saw a reel the other day and the dude like powerlifting dude eh? just like crossfit is dead it's been dead for five years but it's officially dead i'm like fucking chill out man <laughs> there's a that new one hydrox yes yeah i Hyrox. saw yeah, yeah i saw that this morning um looks nuts though so what's the vibe with that because it's a 1k row yeah. straight into so a oh, 1k run and then it's a challenge mm-hmm. times eight so there's eight different challenges you see 1k run 1k ski erg mm-hmm. 1k run and then it's like a sled push 50 meters 1k run sled pull 50 meters mm-hmm. 1k run there's a 1k row there's like 50 or 100 wall balls uh burpee board jumps and something else yeah, I oh had, a jerry can um farmer's carry oh nice i, I had laura grant on who's in the, the obstacle the obstacle course yeah yeah you know she, she brought it up and she couldn't really tell me about it but yeah and then because we're talking about like tough mudder and spartan and yeah because yeah. i think tough mudder and spartan are both owned by that joe fella yeah and so he tr- he tried to sort of uni- unify <laughs> yeah okay all the ch- all the challenges Cause i have seen uh hamiltonian um that went to aussie to qualify for the world or for the championship or something of that high rocks high rocks, rocks. Yeah. yeah yeah and then um i can't i never get her name right but she's uh was doing the sideline commentary at the football and then she was also doing like the the crowd commentary at the rugby world cup long girl she's in spartan okay Kirst, kirsten kristen somehow yeah, it's along those lines. <laughs> Butchering it, eh? Yeah, but yeah, I've butchered it twice now because I talked about it on Laura too. And I was like, oh crap, yeah, because you know, there's too many people on your Instagram, eh? You can't remember them all. Oh, what's, I know what you mean. What's those 150 people called? You know, you know, when you've got when you're following 800, you're not meeting that. You can't follow them, eh? No, and that's where you like lose touch of your friends because you're too busy watching other people <laughs> yeah i've had that a few times you see my story nah sorry bro yeah yeah did you listen to my podcast nah sorry bro. Yeah. <laughs> i've already told the story five times yeah. <laughs> told it on my instagram told it on my <laughs> yeah yeah we did who are who's your friend group now are they school are they work are they yeah so still the lads still the lads from uh hand boys yeah yeah um because you you studied in Hamilton as well. Yeah, born and bred. Yeah, uh, I stayed there. Didn't know what I wanted to do out of high school. End up at Waikato University as well. Just do engineering, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, it was that or uh, sports. And I remember seeing uh, another guy who was going into sports, and I was like, oh man, I'm I smart. thought I thought the thing to do in Hamilton is do business management systems. That's you know everyone I ever met from Waikato <laughs> Uni was like, I'm doing BMS. Like, oh, yeah, is that yeah. anything they do? <laughs> Or, or teaching or teaching teaching was another one yeah um, but I remember seeing the guy and being like I'm smarter than that um, I can do better shots fired yeah, yeah. no that, that was it really um, and I went into engineering because I was good at calculus and physics um, little did I know that high school was a piece of piss compared to university oh yeah yeah. Uh, my brother had to do that, that paper twice yeah then he had to do fluid dynamics twice and now he works uh, well he works at cutting cheese now, so he's more in like systems. Yeah, as I showed you that, yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah, unboxing yeah. machine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, prior to that, he was working for Sinlay and for Tetra Pak, you know, doing dry risers and, and yeah. things like that. And I was like, that's a lot of fluids there. And he worked for uh, Waddy's. One of his tasks there was to pump sauce uphill. I was like, that double fluids paper you did but came in real handy. Hundred eh? <laughs> percent. 
<laughs> it's gonna be one of the hardest papers but at the same time one of the best because it's maths like there is an answer yeah you can't bullshit your way through it once you know you know kind of thing and it's, and like it's all English. relational stuff, right? Yeah. You change one dynamic and that changes your outcome. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's logical. Yeah. Unlike English or... It's a bit like uh, trying to work out the um, end point of a telescope. You know, you change the density of the lens, you change the distance between the two lenses and you, you'll you get the answer, but... Is there some of your eyes? That was, that was our, like, our like paper, like, oh, I passed that shit. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Open book too. It was real. It was Open real. book's the worst because you know it's going to be hard questions. Yeah, it was a real mind fuck. And then I was talking to the guys at the conference recently. They're like, oh, we don't do that paper anymore. I'm just like, fuck you. Hey. <laughs> Change the curriculum, eh? Yeah. Well, you know, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah, so still same high school mates. Didn't really pick up any through university. Yeah. Uh, I don't know why, but maybe engineering is not the kind of people. They're not the kind of thing for that. Uh, not in Waikato anyway. If you're yeah. in Canterbury or something, definitely in the halls. They have mm. a massive culture. Uh, Waikato, not so much. Um, but then, yeah, stale. Same mates, same things every weekend. Like That's why I moved to Papamal. Yeah. Um, nothing wrong with my mates. I still hang out with them every weekend. Great day last weekend. Yeah. How'd they go? Oh, pretty good, mate. We um, actually do an annual beer pong competition. Nice. It's we, a good, uh, good way. To, beer pong and poker is a good way to get rid of a crate. Oh, definitely, and it's a good excuse to catch up with the lads. Like, there's a few of us. I came from across the ditch, or not across the ditch, across the Kaimais, Another one from Tito. Um, all come together. It's pretty good. Uh, six years running now, and I finally won it again. Oh, so pong. yeah, the beer pong. Yeah, I've been runners up the last three years, I think, and so that was, I was pretty happy with that. I was gonna say there are no winners at, at the end of a crate. <laughs> no, I'm pretty. I, I was actually at home at about ten thirty. A couple of boys went to bed early, and then everyone else was just lounging around on the couches and say, "Ah, oh, fuck, I'm just go home." So I'm not a man. <laughs> like when you get older, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, I, think I, I think I only ever did it once in Dunedin. We, we played poker. And again, when I was like start early, finish, it's still daylight. And I have a distinct memory. For some reason, I was standing on my bed. And then I fell over and landed on my desk beside my bed. I didn't have a very big room. This yeah, okay. And like, you're a big man. Yeah. And so I think I, I don't know if I broke the desk, but I definitely broke the, <laughs> broke the chair beside it. And then... It's kind of like one of those like three point or four point memories of yeah, like okay. I was on the deck and I was standing on my bed and I was on my floor and then I was at my girlfriend at the time's room at, room at Arana and like <laughs> it's like the adverts on drinking with the eyes closed with the eyeballs painted yeah. on the eyelids. Yeah. You're there but you're not there, eh? Yeah, no, <laughs> no way. No, especially I remember last last year. I think a spirits ended up going around. I was oh, running around yeah. in my speedos. Oh. I don't remember shit, man. Yeah. So this year was uh, a lot tamer, which is no. it was needed probably wise and i i don't drink beer so i don't drink a crate so i spirits ain't good man why don't you drink beer it's disgusting <laughs> it's fucking putrid i tell you i i had to for a few uh rugby trips and stuff like that uh initiations and all that but oh mate every time chanda chanda mm. i can i can sink the one but when you get to the second or third nah fuck that yeah it's an acquired taste i haven't acquired and i don't plan to <laughs> I've acquired black coffee. I, yeah. I can drink espressos, but yeah, how was how was your entry to coffee? Well, the old man was the coffee guy for quite a number of years. So. How, what level? Uh, what do you mean? Like an espresso machine on his? Yeah, so home? like the coffee guy franchise. Oh right. So he, he had a van with a coffee machine in the back of it to so yeah. go around selling coffees, um, and had a drive through and stuff like that. So my entry to coffee was through that. Um, start off with hot chocolates. Yeah, like a lot of us, hot chocolates into mockers. And then it went into lattes, but I was like, oh, this is just like a watered down mocha. Mm-hmm. And then got into long blacks. 
I don't know why. Um, and then Long Black Supreme at the moment. Mm-hmm. When you mean overseas, as espressos, loved them, quick and easy. Yeah. Different kind of culture, eh? Like at a train station, just getting a little cup and just gone. Away you go. Loved it. Zing. Yeah. So that was that was probably my entry. Your mind should have got. My dad was like, like he drinks coffee all the time. He's got an espresso sh- machine now. But even then, me and my brothers sort of like, oh, you're not you're not quite doing it right, John. But he's more of the opinion that like just get it in, you know. It works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, to some degree. I'd I'd rate that. Yeah. Whereas now my older brother's the engineer one. He's fucking weigh the beans. and. <laughs> yeah, that's the same with the old man. Because he he's, runs a cafe now as well. Um, And you got a little one at home. Yeah. And he always weighs it. I've got one at my flat. Uh, shout out to my flatmate. She obviously bought it. Um, I swear it's like you smell it and it's like bitter as fuck. <laughs> Put a bit of cream in it. That's all good. Yeah, it's problem solved. Down the same. Um, yeah. Speaking of coffees, this hot chocolate. The hot chocolates, uh, yeah. They actually fucking taste really nice. Unfortunately, you can't get them in New Zealand. It's real, oh. real, real shit. The Element was posting to New Zealand for a while there. I think someone forgot to turn off a button on, on my little okay. agreement with them, and so I still get the odd, odd thing from them. I'm not angry about it, and hopefully no one turns that button off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A minty, salty hot chocolate. I actually like it. Yeah, I've got a strawberry, salty hot chocolate, and it's good. I've got a caramel one that I've been... You know, I think I've got two of those left. Been having that in as my afternoon drink. It's the salty aspect that hooked me. I was like curious. curious. Once again, curiosity gets me, and it actually fucking it works. Yeah, you met with Annie. She's not that keen on that, but my daughter, she'll she'll go a salty hot chocolate. She'll go the um, electrolytes as well. Watermelon flavor, they they're good. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend adding salt to a, a hot chocolate though. No, you wouldn't know the quantities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Do you have any siblings? Yeah, I'm a middle child. Did they ever put on like salt on your cereal instead of sugar? I remember because we were not a like sugar on your cereal until it was like you know you're making it yourself and you were yeah. you were still kind of smuggling it. But <laughs> your parents your parents <laughs> were around to be like yeah. you shouldn't have sugar on your breakfast. But I remember my my younger brother and I like I used I was one of those people that would get up at the sparrows like all the time and I'd wake him up. And he'd yeah, come yeah. with me, and my older brother must have been at a football tournament or something because he wasn't there. And we were scouting around the um, place we used to stay in uh, Queenstown, and under the um, sink there was a bowl of white powder. And so we were like, "Oh yeah, this might be sugar." The other test, and yeah, it was it was dishwashing powder. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, under the sink, yeah, that makes sense." Yeah, yeah, yeah. but we knew it. Probably nine. You don't have the brains to. Nah, no, you don't. You don't to, add one and two together, eh? You tr- you have to have enough brains to try it before you pour it all over your yeah. cornflakes or your weepix. But yeah, no, that was a that was a lesson learned right there. <laughs> the, were you were you sugar bowl on the table type family or? Nah, nah, nah. just no. Nah. We used to have yeah, used to have rices in it. Um, but yeah, I remember one time my brother did that. Well, like tricked me, and I thought it was thought it was sugar, but it wasn't. It just fuck disgusting chuck down the sink it was bad and again you're not smart enough that like the thing that you're not supposed to have they're offering it to you like yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Have it, have it, here's have some it. sugar yeah, man yeah yeah we're not actually allowed sugar i know like oh, so, you, up, so yeah. you're doubly in trouble here yeah pretty much <laughs> you can't tell me because <laughs> that means you were you were smuggling sugar yeah oh, that's a perfect crime <laughs> pretty much eh? you know my my older brother he short-sheeted our beard one time he what short-sheeted our beard what is so you, define short sheeted so you'd like you still have your two sheets on the beard but you get your top sheet and you tuck it in at the top end and fold it around and back on itself so then you like climb into bed oh, and you can't get into yeah, bed yeah okay 
I think that's about the only <laughs> the only prank you pulled out of the. Uh, like that's not a bad one. Yeah, well, some book like think fifty things or hundred things for boys to do or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day when Back you had books. Back in my day when you used to read books. In my day is TikToks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> As we were just discussing before. Get to show you everything, eh? Yeah. Life hacks. No, no life hacks, yeah. Here, you know, that's with anyone thinking about books. I was like, she was watching Matilda. I was like, geez, we have to get you onto Bad Jelly and BFG and what's another? Roll Dial books. Yeah, they're, they're good. Were you a reader? Nah. Not at high school. Not at high school. Or not not throughout until only recently. Did handboys do sustained silent reading? No. Nah. I didn't do English. Well I did but This was like, an inform class. Yeah. Like nah, nah. Well maybe it wasn't an inform class. Maybe it was just uh, I had this low key drama teacher. <laughs> most likely smoked a lot of pot from Can- <laughs> from Canadi from Canada. Yeah. From Canadian nice. From Canada. Um nah man. Yeah. I was talking about that the other day because um yeah, Nicole's like, oh, apparently the thing to do is call the teacher Marto and um, Fire these days. I was like, what are you talking about these days? I was like, we had Marto and Fire all through our school. Marto and Jeremy especially. I was like, oh, yeah, he got arrested for possession of marijuana. I was like, the dreadlocks were probably the big giveaway. Yeah, it'll do it. <laughs> Often wearing sunglasses was, as well was probably a like, big obvious sign that he was Mate, if you're up. a high school teacher, kudos to you. <laughs> he was a primary school teacher. Oh, damn. <laughs> Good yeah. cup hugger teacher, though. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a touchy subject at the moment, eh? What is it? The the mouldy oh, uh, thing. <laughs> it's yeah. all on. Yeah. I've got no foot to stand on, eh? <laughs> yeah. It's living in a place like Topo where you get some get some opinions and you're like, did I ask you for <laughs> Yeah, it's that kind of win. But at the same time I'm kinda of like enlighten me, like let me know what, what what is going on. But at the same time I don't interact with many people like that. Yeah. I t- Who do you interact with at work? Oh, the lads at work. Yeah. It's pretty small. So the project comes across your desk and you just go for it. Yeah, so pretty much um, we roll with, you got salesmen, you sell a project, sell a concept to a company, uh, and then we've got design engineers, so like myself, uh, who get to design it, so elaborate on the concept, make it actually work, hopefully. It's all in our heads, so and in the in our 3D model in front of us, create the parts, assemblies, drawings, so someone can create them. Then they go through procurement ordering bits and pieces and also into manufacturing so we've got the laser mills welders fabricators mm-hmm. who make the machines and then we have assembly who put it together sparkies wire it up and then automation engineers who who are on it from the start already pre-coding writing all the code and then at the end they're, they're commissioning it making sure they can pick up stuff if it's picking up making sure it goes the right direction and then we've also got a service team and stuff like that so i interact with a lot of people but at the same time there is a little bit of segregation between say like design automation that to manufacturing to production but you try and interact through like i'm someone who does interact with everybody but there are some people that just stick to themselves and so the sales guys have to be pretty cognizant of the um process your machines are going into yeah 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 yeah. so they see everything they they've been there for years they know what's going on um so are they uh picking up new clients yeah i actually think that that 80 20 rule does work well with us as well in terms of 80 percent of our work comes from 20 percent of our customers yeah so like tato uh sinlay you mentioned sinlay as well um they're the kind of people that keep on coming back because they know our machines work and they've got a bit of money to actually spend it as opposed to buying some chinese pieces (laughs) of shit you know because you go on cheap budget um so yeah they they know a lot how long has your company been around uh 40 years now yeah 
I think it was this year or last year they cracked 40 uh, but it never used to be what it is now like it started off with aerospace stuff I think mm-hmm. uh, just a guy as a hobby I think to be honest yeah expanded 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 and now we do automated machines yeah yeah they what, what are they Hamilton engineering specialists they do hip sockets and <laughs> and like QS for all the surgical equipments like they make rifle stocks they make airplane components <laughs> see that does sound interesting so um yeah my company's rml shout out to them plug no um but it's exciting stuff like what comes in goes out the door as our prototype as our final model mm. uh quite often we've haven't done it before uh it's all customized stuff but i've talking to a, a fellow worker who left and he went contracting and i was talking to him and about what he's been up to and some of it was similar stuff but he's had a couple of his colleagues designing handrails for an entire mall <laughs> like how boring is that <laughs> when i moved over to Todong, and someone's like oh you can get a job here and it was um a pipe fabrication a what pipe fabrication yeah yep. imagine just dealing with pipes all day dual circles fucking boring man <laughs> i used to catch drips at a meat factory once it didn't last long eh? That's what, did you, what did you catch drips 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 so so what because i've worked at a meat factory my my first role i was in one of the boating rooms and there's a fat flap on the rump must yeah, be okay. like a, a cap or something and my job was to grab that off the the belt and box it up and then press it and then put it on the next um belt or not belt um is it a belt i don't know thing I mean, yeah, just, about yeah, yeah just went off to no i was, sc- I was scraping meat off a bone yeah. um <laughs> because I, I finished university and was like i just needed summer job yeah and I was like, fuck it. Oh, Meatworks. I've, I know someone who's working in Meatworks before. Got good money. Did heaps of hours, whatever. Sweet as. Scraped meat off a bone. Boring as fuck. Um, hated the environment. Stunk mm. like mad. Um, <laughs> ended up getting nightmares. Um, like the one time I've ever got nightmares about something. And then it's just like, you focus on your breathing. And then yeah. you start thinking about your breathing. And you start thinking about your ribcage. And then scraping meat off your ribcage kind of thing. I was like, fuck, i got to quit. So I walked in there. Like, I never quit a job. Was it hardy, beef or? or like, yeah, beef. Yeah. Beef, yeah. Uh, hardy like being in the workforce still young like still haven't really grown up to be honest I was only 21 um lots changed since then um and then I went into the main room and just like asked to leave and they're like okay we've got another job you do this extra job for us and um see you later kind of thing and we did that extra job for the one day instead of the three because we did the quota which is just like helping me and then so from there I just had to send boxes up a line catch drips and uh collect the patellas and put them in the box yeah fucking dumbest job ever well, that's the same with me. I gave them two weeks' notice, and they're like, "We don't usually get this." And I was like, "Oh, okay, that's all right." I just started working on the wind machine. Most people will probably just leave, but yeah, we're being nice and polite. Like, yeah. "Hey, man, like this ain't for me." Yeah. Well, I was going to uni, and so <laughs> then I worked my way up to the wind machine. I was bagging, bagging um, full legs to send off to Waitrose in the UK, and then they're like, "Right, tomorrow you're going to go out to the chiller." And I was yeah, I was stacking boxes for the Done and dusted. Fork, forklift to pick up the big yeah. crate and chuck it into the snap freezer right? so we've actually just had this or I've just had this conversation with um, my CEO the other day because I was talking to one of the young fellas who came in and we were just having a yarn and quite often you talk to someone about what you do and mm. quite often it's an old person who'd be like oh so you're taking people's jobs and it's like well fuck like oh in terms of automation yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like we kind of are and then I was telling the CEO about it and he was saying that he just went to meet Arca Honey the other week so we've just done a massive job for them yeah and these people screwing on lids yeah. to jars of honey. Yeah. That's all they're doing. This other lady was um, stacking three jars into a box, three jars into a box, three jars into a box. 
So what we're actually doing is we get to automate that and unleash their potential doing something else because we know that they can do something better than that. Yeah. And as well, like demand's going through the roof. So if you can't make demand over across the board, at least you can make put a machine in here, automate that, and then put those people put those people back where like they need help. Yeah, well, it's even the same. We're upskilling the community. <laughs> talk, talking with someone from JJ Richards, and they were tendering for the waste management contract down Hawke's Bay, and they've got wheelie bins, and they like they didn't win the tender, and he's like, it's absolutely ridiculous to still be running crates and bags. So one, it's like you know the waste is shocking mm. when you here put your rubbish in a bag, <laughs> oh. yeah, and and then he's like saying like the. You know, it's all, all very well, like, you know, it is a great outdoor job, but they get people get injured all the time. The health and safety of that job is horrific. The ergonomics, man. Oh, yeah. So, Lifting techniques, yeah, poor. Yeah, well, you know, you got to run around and yeah. grab and throw and all this sort of stuff. It's like, you know, we, we're lucky to hold someone on for three years. And it's like, and so then we've just got this big staff turnover problem and training problem. Like, we waste so much time and money on training. Whereas if you yeah. have, have like a upskilled class, I guess they're a class two driver and you know they're in a it's a transferable skill isn't yeah, it yeah they're in a cab and so these people get to learn how to use a HMI so a human HMI human monitoring interface or something yeah so basically a computer system how to run a machine like yeah. once you learn the fundamentals of that you can go into other machines as well because yeah. we all run the basically the same shit yeah yeah well yeah even like out here at Kinley it's like as an operator you've you've got far more transferable skills than mm. a person that Screws lids on them, jar yeah, off or home. like catches drips. Well, that forklift is a transferable skill, but yeah, you know, I transfer, I transfer uh, this into this furnace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> did have you heard about that? At, um, Tinder having an F endorsement as, as a as a meme. No. <laughs> Do you have an F endorsement? No. What is the F endorsement? Forklift. Nah, nah. Oh, it's something like forklift certified. So you're saying you can put that on your Tinder account? People put it there at their Tinder oh, account. Oh, like, damn. Spicy, eh? <laughs> spicy skill. Yeah, I was like, oh, I don't know. They don't. must be good at parallel parking. Yeah, I don't know. That's have, a green flag. I don't have an F endorsement on my license, but I've been um, forklift certified for uh, TYL Mini Smelter. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have done it at, at the Meatworks as well, actually. Done the F, F uh, site, site cert certificate. Uh, you don't need a Tinder, so it's all good. No, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've used used that already. <laughs> that is that the, how you mean? That was the secret. Yeah, I have, yeah. So I said, people now is like, oh, the old fashioned, yeah. the old fashioned way, Tinder. <laughs> yeah. Well, now it's like Hinge, Bumble, Tinder, Grinder. Slide <laughs> slide to the DMs. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing's working for me. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I saw. Uh, I was watching Billy Darcy. He's an Aussie comedian. He's he nails some topics so good. He's like. A real cricketing nut as well, and yeah, that was that was his little comedy sketch that he put out there, like calling someone is the worst thing you can do. He's like, I left a voice message. He's like, needless to say, I haven't heard from her back from there. Like, do you want to catch up on Wednesday? Thought I'd save her some time. No, <laughs> <laughs> completely ghosted. <laughs> yeah, I just told you about a ghosting story too. <laughs> different kind of context, but yeah. not not the nicest thing to do. Yeah, it's it's um it's that speed to know. Like no, you know, like you just say no. <laughs> it's not wasting everybody's time. Yes, yes, yeah. Um, I think I was still ashamed about it. Like he talks about the waffle copter when, <laughs> when he goes to ask a question, yeah. and I realise I do that too. Yeah. Quite often with just general life, cut to the chase, mate. Just no, no, yeah. Saves it, yeah, everybody time. Yeah, I'm really nervous about this. <laughs> yeah. Can I get back to? You? 
<laughs> or I did hear something recently that it was. Oh, I can't even remember who it was. No, he was on Diary of the CR thing and high performance podcast, but he's talking about like increasing your life, whatever. Um, and he's basically this guy would never agree to anything on the phone. Mm-hmm. He'd always say, I'll get back to you like tomorrow morning or something. And that way, then he actually got to process it. Mm-hmm. And if he didn't want to do it, it was nah, sorry. And the next morning, like, because everyone can wait. Yeah. And that's from the other end of the spectrum. That's why salespeople do call you on the phone and talk to you. So it's there straight so, away. So yeah. it's there and there's, yeah. there's pressure and all that sort of stuff. Or, you know, come into your, to your place of work and buy your coffee and be like, yeah, you're keen, eh? Yeah, 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 yeah I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, doing their body language, not in the head at you yeah. all the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get sucked in, eh? Make, make say five yeses. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then you go, I didn't make any decisions, so it's all right. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you there. Nah. Yeah. Do, do you, have you been down that road of like sales and... Nah, nah man, I don't have the talent. <laughs> Yet. Nah. <laughs> nah. Nah, I worked at the warehouse as a kid and like even just learning that you're supposed to be able to sell an Eskimo, a freezer kind of thing. Yeah. Never touch base with me. And then I, I know if if you want a product, you'll come and get it. So what was the exercise there? Were you on the checkout and you got all those? Oh, and I was things? like 15 to 20 yeah. years old just working on the shop floor mm-hmm. and jewelry counter and security. Um, but it's just like you're, you're trying to be taught how to approach customers and go, do you need a hand? What do you want us to buy? Mm-hmm. And try to upsell, all that kind of shit. Which as a young 15, 16 year old, you don't really give two shits. You're too scared to talk to anybody to begin with. <laughs> you know, like you don't want anyone asking you for anything. Um, but no, like if, if you really want something, you're going to buy it. Mm. I'm not going to try and upsell you. Yeah. Like, it's all good. I'm not here to waste your time. Yeah, I worked at the movies. That was, it was kind of easy because it was like, what movie you're here to watch a movie you're yeah. going to watch a movie like yeah, that's and then it was like, would you like you know would you like anything else and they and then they had their like price anchoring quite good you know you buy a popcorn it's like well would you like a drink too it's only this much more yeah yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. they were like it was it was real like obvious sales yeah like, everybody sees it and everyone buys a combo it's real interesting <laughs> the combos do well yeah 100 percent. yeah it's that thing is like you see something and it's not even gill math like that's shit's crazy but like uh two v's for yeah. four bucks or one for three yeah so you're like oh fuck yeah i'm saving all this money but at the same time you're spending an extra dollar yeah like you spend more to save more and it just doesn't make sense man. yeah and it's funny but like, it hooks you it hooks you every time yeah it's funny like looking on the other side it's all about like you know average order value average basket yeah. speed and all that sort of stuff like yeah. it's not the short quick sales hey eh? you want more money more money in that one every, transaction. Every, every time there's a transaction you want there to be a higher speed yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. Nah, it's not me, man. Would, have you been to that new spot in Hamilton East? Made, yes. Yeah. I popped in there uh, the other week to catch up with a friend in the shower and a yeah, beautiful place, eh? Yeah. It's real modern. Um, I think it is... I haven't actually been out the back, but it's quite good. Like, it's organic, mm. all that kind of juicy kind of shit. Um, so I'd say pretty expensive, but very lovely place. Yeah, and that's, and that's what's... We were sort of chatting about like it's gonna be interesting the fruition of that place like each of those mm. little little like these small spots even the um, catering spots are like reasonably small shop fronts and we're like where's all their stock stored where's all their mm. like where's all their kitchen space and like in a place like that that's got True. a high high rent you want to be doing large volume 
but where do you keep all your stock and how do you make enough food to supply a large volume like hopefully that place yeah, is rammed yeah, yeah. but then do you have enough <laughs> have enough stock and how, well how maybe because it's so expensive they don't get a lot of people coming through yeah so they don't actually take much stock yeah and then like is burger burger the area is like the the leader like they play they pay the same lease but they have a bigger space or, yeah true. yeah no it's so fast it'd be fascinating to know the ins and outs of because there's a lot there. of them from the farmer's market that have gone there right? oh yeah so the sunday farmer's market in Cla- Cla- yeah, Cla- yeah, Cla- yeah. um so i know of a friend or maybe not really a friend anymore another story but um <laughs> she's put her product in a in like a room not a room like a stall that multiple people put in so say if you make a product a i do b yeah and it's up to z and they will rotate days working right so you do it monday i do it tuesday she does thursday kind of thing so they all work together as a collective yeah selling each other's product yeah so that's a good way to do it as well yeah that's interesting yeah so they, new, new concept uh new different environment like there's no like checkouts there's no like doors and shit like it's all open plan like yeah, yeah like i said it's a beautiful place yeah so where did did you pay at each site Must yeah have, each individual yeah. site yeah yeah but that store specifically will go through that one store yeah yeah Oof. I would have been an accountant. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, nah. Didn't, didn't get caught up in numbers? Nope. No. no. Well, it's good with numbers, but I didn't like the idea of spreadsheets. So did uh, you have a chat with the guidance counsellor or no? Nah. See, so it's something that would have been cool. Um, but even then, I still don't even know if I really knew what I would have wanted to do. I think my, you know, uh, male's frontal lobe develops <laughs> when we're like 24, 25. Yeah. Something like that. Like, did you have a quarter life crisis at 25? Yeah, so my 25th birthday, because I was still at uni. Yeah. Um, what, why were you still at uni? Because I age? did postgrad for optometry. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I did three years bachelor of science and then four more years for Fuck. optometry. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so I turned 25 in my last year. Got some um, state link after that for three months. That was great. But in our rugby team with this guy, Carl, I think he was, might have been 40 or something like that. And then we had another guy... Steve Kumrich, he was a similar age, so like at least a couple of older guys on their team. Um, and there was there was sort of me and a couple of others that were sort of 24, 25, 26, mm. and then the rest were school leavers. So we were the development team, so we'd sort of up at varsity, we had 19s, we had 21s, we had premiers, and we had development mm-hmm. as well. And so we kind of were kind of the glue team, you know, we'd be supplying each and every team, yep. or be the spillover for other players and things like that. And yeah, for my 25th, I was like, right, I'm having a quarter-life crisis meeting. <laughs> Went to the old um, Canton in Kingsland. Great, great Chinese restaurant if you're yeah. ever in the area. Laser Susans and, and all. And yeah, we've got, I don't really remember the night, but yeah. <laughs> so what, did you have a, cri- like, nah. Nah. Just, that was what it was called. But yeah, then when I finished duty, I like moved to Christchurch and it was a big like, fuck, what do I do now? I yeah because you've been in the educational system ever since oh, you were a little yeah. kid yeah and like i you somewhat get into the real world but you're not in the real world nah when you're studying yeah like so it I is had, but it isn't so i had my beautiful 200 uh, two thousand dollar overdraft and i was like right you gotta start paying that off now and you're like oh yeah that's right and then i was like I had no car and i'm like well, how the fuck do you buy a car mm. so i think by the time i got to the end of the overdraft it was like oh yeah i'll get a loan for a car because you know the old earning capability um and then my car got stolen so before ram rage as well yeah so. i went home for the weekend i come back to, to the street and like what the fuck's my car <laughs> all that was left was was a little spark plug um and so yeah i i started going out with this girl at the end of that year 
and for the most part that was a horrific <laughs> relationship <laughs> yeah yeah um, L- character building yeah like we were talking about the carnival diet here before she was a vegetarian <laughs> and yeah. i was and i was having like i started this when i started journaling about my um my deer farm so yeah she sort of gave it might have been a bunch of projection but that's all right she was like you should journal and so i started journaling mm-hmm. and then she's like you should go to do psychotherapy and i was like what the fuck do i need psychotherapy for but it was reasonably valuable yeah yeah i went along being like do i have depression i don't really know and he's like no nah, no nah. he's like he's like but you do you are pretty harsh on yourself i was like yeah i've been trying to get a pluses for the last seven years and yeah. been, been getting b's and b pluses <laughs> like i was like of course i'm rough on myself so do you still journal today yeah yeah, yeah. so you've been doing that since you're 25 yeah 10 years now oh shit yeah do you ever look back do you ever read back yeah nicole's asking me last night sometimes yeah so this latest one i've got i've had for three years um so yeah that's oh yeah i have seen you put a photo yeah. up even then. what are you actually doing in your journal so i grabbed that quote yeah so yeah just try to find find a quote um and before, you just write down like what it means to you that's nah nah so i start off with the date um i write start again have you seen the rich mccall movie no no that's what he wrote there um then i wrote win so what's important now that comes from um this mental skills coach for the chiefs um walshy aaron walsh mm-hmm. um i only started doing that last year i think i heard him on what's next or or on keep the change one of the two and then i write twenty four thousand eight hundred, which is how many seconds there are in a day and thirty three thousand, which is on average how many days you'll live how many seconds are uh one of those 48,600 or something so like that. double that, that eh? 46,800. I always remember it's like 86,000 something. Or maybe it's that. Because I talk about it in a sense that if you have that amount of money 86, every day. 86,400. Yeah. Yeah. If you have that amount of money every day, you'll spend it. <laughs> you know? If, if the next day you get another 800. Yeah. Like, yeah, then why don't you use that for your time in the day? Yeah. Like, spend those seconds, like, because as if they're money. Yeah. Like, spend them more. Yeah. Carry yeah, on. so how I think about them, so... Both those two numbers are sort of like a memento mori things from Stoic philosophy. Mm-hmm. So acknowledging that one day you're going to die. So there's 33,000 days in your life. What are you doing with each one of those days? And that's what, again, when you're journaling, you're, you're being present in that day today. And then I think about the seconds thing is that there's so many seconds in the day. Like you say, there's so much value in the day. Mm. But if that one second of the day is not going so well, there's still plenty more. So move on from that second yeah, right. and you can continue to make a positive impact you can positively influence people and, and make better in the world so in the front of my journal there's what my why and that's like um that was again another thing i did at the end of um at the end of university uh, my brother sent me two um ted talks so that previously was when he was at waddies and he had a bit of a existential crisis himself mm-hmm. and it was like i found these really valuable watch him um and so I, I came up with um help people see the world to the best of their abilities and improve people's lives and so that can be like being an optometrist help people yeah see. i was gonna say is this physically or is this also- yeah but it, then it can be like everything you do help help broaden everybody's outlook mm. and things so that can be the podcast as well like what i do is happen to people to see that you know life less ordinary there's people doing things that are not just the run of the mill and mm-hmm. people take like so many vast and diverse journeys and 
no, mine's been nothing, not linear at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, I have these big audacious goals, like owning this deer farm and things like that. And before that, owning an optometry practice and helping that sort of lead the way into farm ownership and things like that. But yeah, each day you've got to, you know, you've just got to show up and go to work. <laughs> so you are a morning journal person or an evening journal person? So I try to do it at work. And so hopefully I get into work at good enough time that I have the mm-hmm. five minutes to do it. Um, or otherwise, when I end up with a gap in my diary or uh, diary at work, I'll do it. Yeah. Know? And so that, that that like first line helps me start writing, starts to get me thinking about like valuing the day. The quote again just gets me in the, the moment of writing something out. So you've, you've already written like three or four lines already. And then I do, which is interesting with your podcast, three things of gratitude. Yeah. Um, three affirmations and then uh, a practice of sort of call it future gratitude or future visualization so i picture myself like sitting on that farm in my lounge and like looking back on my life and like habits or behaviors that i'm really that i would be proud of yeah so like aspirational um, ways of living your life but in a way that you're visualizing looking back that you're really proud of yourself why do you think visualization is such a key aspect to life because to me it's kind of like you start <clears throat> looking at the way you want to act so you start acting like you envision yourself yeah. you're going to be like that so you're going to start acting like that yeah have you, have you heard of like um jordan peterson's like future writing mm-hmm. or something so again that's like a way to sort of explore the next five years of your life or your whole life Mm-hmm. That's, that's a similar idea um and yeah that it creates like another another layer of sort of a self-accountability i reckon mm-hmm. yeah you, and you become more emotionally attached to it like you get that pride in yourself and then so then like when you behave in that way you sort of like reinf- it's reinforcing psychologically reinforcing yeah at 20 at 25 i started yeah that's when i started like reading all this stuff you know four hour work week was later but yeah tim ferris gary v um 26 or 7 got old um see there's another one like that four hour work week um yes fucking phenomenal book mm. but it's only relatable to a certain kind of cohort like yeah. not everybody can do it um no. i've just been grateful to be a part of this mentorship program that soda is running in hamilton with Callahan innovation and no, I so went that's to good, the. That's good collab. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I've I've hardly do jack shit to be honest as yeah. a as a mentor, but I got to go to the welcoming event and they had the Mike something like Mike Jenkins or something. He's the guy, the founder of the Instillery, uh, which is a tech company in New Zealand, uh, massive, uh, and he was the founder, sold it, and gone on to other things. And he had a speech or like presentation, whatever. Phenomenal, inspirational, all that kind of shit. Like, amazing. He's an entrepreneur. He talks mm. about go get it, like, all that kind of shit. But you're talking to a room of engineers, uh, or <laughs> science, because of STEM, so science, technology, engineering, manufacturing. But there's quite a lot of, like, uh, people like me, like mechanical engineers. It's like, it's hard to be an entrepreneur in a mechanical engineering field. Mm. Mm. Like, what are you going to do? Reinvent the wheel? <laughs> it's kind of difficult. But, like, as a tech, yeah, 100% go hard. Um, if you want to be a startup in science, then you need the funds, you need the money, you yeah. need the experience, you need everything. So, yeah, it's good reading books, getting different aspects, um, but it's not always relatable to everybody. Yeah. But that's the bit where you just pluck out little bits of knowledge from every single person and like just chuck it in your toolbox for maybe one day you'll use it. Yeah, and that's, that's like what 
I have like huge passion and huge knowledge and it's like I want to implement them in my own way and then it's like both both like I have these like fuck it moments I'm just gonna go farming but then it's like well what do you want out of like I spoke, spoke to this deer farming guy he's like what do you want out of deer farming do you want to farm deer or do you want to own a farm I was like I want to own a farm he's like keep being an optometrist yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and I was like okay and then same when it comes to like a practice I've got like this big vision of what I want to do I've got a business plan that Nicole and I have, I have like written out but I've like had it in my head for like basically the whole time probably like because I, I wanted to be an optometrist when I was 12 yeah so even then I was like drawing a practice and like doing logos and like thinking about like helping people and like at one stage I was like thinking well maybe I could do like the traveling optometrist bus or whatever it is like helping out rural people like you know sold to the earth people that just you know so busy and yeah, so they yeah, can't, yeah. can't get out there so like all these things of, of like ways that I that I can see it and then it like gets to it and it's like and then you want to buy a practice and it's like oh well I just want to sell it to you it's like oh you don't want to do any vendor finance or you don't want to do like shareholding and buying in and like no or like you know and then it's kind of like well you go to the bank and they're like oh we could lend you like how much is in your house <laughs> like, oh fuck like we just bought it it's like oh yeah oh well, you, no there's not really any money we can give you and it's like oh fuck it's capital <laughs> yeah 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 and then same for buying a farm it's like you basically just need capital <laughs> fall, fall in love with that image as well eh? yeah a lot of people do yeah so then then it's just like all right back back to work carry on working <laughs> yeah that's stability as well yeah but yeah like back to that call of christ i'm interested in that is i know it is your podcast yeah no it's good <laughs> um did you actually do you think you actually had a cool life crisis uh we you, you kind of realized that there's more to the world than what you think yeah so at at that point in time so it was like august so uh we must have finished we must have finished rugby so that year we like we sort of got rebuilt as the development team the year before and we got knocked down in the semi-final and then this next year we, we sort of like rebranded ourselves as rebels and like we get a really good team together we've made the final um and the summer before i'd gone down to southland and made the um seven squad i went to the qualification tournament like scored a try against canterbury like we i think we beat canterbury in one game and then we lost them in the final and then trained all summer and then um like the week before the tournament in queenstown all of a sudden all the academy players come along to training and they go to the tournament i was just like what the fuck was uh, that yeah last month for and then so the guy that i'd been talking to in southland who was a rugby manager was like oh go back try get as heavy as you can and play open side so i'd been playing fullback and and center up until then and so <laughs> i managed to put on 10 kgs so the that summer i ran a um what did i do i think a 19 yo-yo i think i'd done and then the next year when i came back we did beep test for some reason and see i think i did a 13 6 yo-yo uh, beep test and i got myself up to 104 kgs from 90 kgs in the space yeah. of a year so i was still like fit as hell yeah, but yeah. i like, put on 10 kgs and yeah that, then that season they didn't take me to the qualification tournament and then all through the training we were like playing at Otago every other week and like I was playing all those games like playing mean and then same thing comes again like oh we're going to bring in a couple of academy players and 
uh, non-dripping reserve again. I was like, fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, yeah, I was I was on that journey to, like, go back to Southland and do it. And I knew that there was, like, these older guys in the team that I had got on really well with. And I knew that I just, like, needed that sort of, like, I guess it was, like, I'm finishing uni. It's, it's you know, the next part of my mm. life is about to happen. So what's that? 13 years of this dream and I'm about to realize it. Like, I guess it was just like a good touch point. Because like, you asked me about, did I have like a mentor or something like yeah. a guidance person? Did those old gentlemen in your team, were they able to tell you, hey mate, yeah, well, follow your autonomy? I think, I think it was, I think it was funny because it was like, I made a joke of it, but you know, them being 40 or whatever, they were like, yeah, that, that's legit, a legit thing. Like, life's about to change. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And, yeah, so then when I when I did psychotherapy, it was like, it was just that real easy tool of like, mate, you've got low self esteem. All you really need to look at this is when you're talking, when you're listening to that voice in your head, like try and listen to it, hear what it's saying, and be be like, is that how you talk to somebody else in the same problem? And it was just like the easiest switch. Fuck it, does, eh? <laughs> I was like, oh, that's really simple. And I was also journaling. Yeah, 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 and. Yeah, then, then we moved to, so, you know, got into the Canterbury Sevens team. Again, non-traveling reserve. Came up to the Mount for the Mount Sevens in January. That was that was awesome. Um, yeah, that was like a, a step up of, like, systems and training and, like, mm-hmm. actually playing with good players. Like, Amanaki Nicole is in the New Zealand team now. Um, Sam Dixon, who's sometimes the captain, he came and trained with us. Mark Checkman, who had been in the New Zealand Sevens team, was in that team. Um, a guy that played for Samoa was in that team. Uh, oh, who else was there? There's another guy that was in the New Zealand Sevens team, um, Joe Revova, who went and played for the New Zealand Sevens after that season. But so it was like really fucking awesome. Like, and I was mean as mean when you can recite that. Eh? Yeah, You're like damn, that that's as high as I got. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I just kind of like snuck my way in the same way I snuck my way into Southland. Like I had no real right to be there. Yeah, but I just had like this little bit of experience. With playing for Southland, I'd played like all these seasons for varsity at club level, um, you know, in Auckland where it's pretty high level and going to club sevens at the mountain stuff, it's like playing against good players and then, yeah, get going like almost all the way with Canterbury was just yeah. kind of like real cheeky, like, well, this is, I'm still here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, week, yeah. I'm still here. <laughs> yeah. And then so, yeah, then I moved to Hamilton and I'd done Young Professionals in Christchurch and then I got to Hamilton and I was like, wow, where's where's all the, where's are all the 25-year-olds at? They're like, I, I couldn't find them anywhere, right? Mm. Like, I'd be at Les Mills and I'm like, these are, these are all like school leavers, yeah, yeah. uni students and old people who are like trying to get back in shape. And same when I was playing at Hotabu, they were all school leavers. And I was like, oh man. And then I got to go on Ryla, even though I was older. Um, and yeah, the, did you ever do go to Seed in Hamilton? I no, no no I know what it is but no I never did yeah so at Ryla what's Ryla uh, um, Rotary Youth Leader Award okay I like read the room and then on the last day um, Gemma who was the, she sort of ended up being the CEO for um, Seed for a long time and she sort of drove it I said to her I was like this is what we need to do in Hamilton and so then like for the next year um do you know Thomas Nabs that was just on yes, Between Two Bears? Yes, yes, yes. So, I did yoga with his brother. Oh, nice. His brother was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Well, their whole family's insane. <laughs> yeah, I could imagine. Yeah, John as well. He's, he's, he's awesome. 
Um, Fuck, yeah. what a story that way. Yeah. The, with the parents dying and stuff. Oh, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we, used to, we used to go around to Tom's, Tom's house, his, his girlfriend at the time. She was into, like, um, I guess, like, creating, creating brands, creating market mm-hmm. fits and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, they, they did a couple, couple of workshops and then eventually that's when my ex got pregnant with my daughter so we stopped being involved but yeah that's what turned into seed and it was like mm-hmm. so like, oh, that was pretty cool <laughs> fuck yeah yeah because that's a youth uh or young professional kind of alpha day yeah where they can connect and yeah without without just like i don't know kind of good george and getting sloshed <laughs> mm. <laughs> Have, it was it was about it was about creating meaningful connection was the sort of seed of that mm. yeah Okay, here's a question. Uh, one more for me. Yeah, that's good. Um, so this popped up with me uh, a while ago. I was like, with all the running that I was doing, and someone was like, "How the fuck do you do it?" And I said, "Well, fuck, like, it's not motivation, kind of thing." Yeah. No. Shit, and then no. Uh, we talk about it, and so there's a question that I pitched to my best friend as well, Lashar, and then uh, to my podcast guest the other day. That's not out yet, but was if motivation plants the seed, mm. what waters it? So for you, like, what gets you out of bed early in the morning? What gets you to the gym? Yeah, just over there in that garage. <laughs> <laughs> so your two feet, that's quick and easy. That's no good. no excuses right there, man. Nah, so it's... Because what I mean, yeah, motivation like the, is fleeting, eh? Yeah, I like the jocko thing, eh? Discipline equals freedom. Um, and that's that, where... That is true. Yeah, that's where that little bit of, like, harsh critic inside of your head's quite good. Like, I call myself pussy quite a lot in the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's you call it in a bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a bitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, With I, your I, fucking shoes on, boy. Yeah, I've still got, I've still got that head. But <laughs> like, that's when, that's when I use it for good. Um, and then, like, oh, I've done, I've done the reps for so long that I know, I know that it feels really good. Yeah, so it I'm, becomes a non-negotiable. Yeah, right? I'm I'm so lucky with that. But when you boil it down, it comes to purpose, your yeah. values, that kind of thing, doesn't it? Yeah, and I know if I'm starting a fade, it's pretty easy to look and go, like, simply, when did you last work out? Mm. And then, to a higher extent, like, when did you last do a Wim Hof session, or like Lana Shakti Mat, or mm-hmm. <laughs> stretch, or whatever? Yeah, do move your body. Um, oh, listen to that gary bricker episode again the other week and it was like about talking about grounding and i was like oh yeah but i should probably like really be sure that when i go from here to the garage that i do walk on the lawn and just like mm-hmm. take take that moment and like especially now that you got like the birds and the sun's coming up and like i ran this morning because fucking circle of savages wants to do the goggins challenge jesus christ yes the uh, four by four by yeah. two 48 hours. yeah i was like oh, i better do some more running <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah just like man what a great day after doing that yeah it kickstarts your day eh? yeah but what's this grounding what do you mean i've heard about people talking about it's just it literally standing on the ground <laughs> and what is the purpose purpose of that like i know meditation you know clearing your head breathing does a lot for you but that's oh. pretty it's yeah it's pretty woo-woo to explain it it's basically like exchanging ions with the earth touching base with Mother touching Earth. base with mother earth like yeah you can get you can get quite sort of yogic with it like your four corners of your feet mm-hmm. your stability and stuff like that yeah yeah so i interviewed one of my friends as well through uh she's yogi so angsley and down in like was it tomarinui or somewhere anyway we went for a walk with her partner 
afterwards and she's like don't bring your shoes yeah like yeah out in there up in the bush like with the dog and the boyfriend and that and you're just muddy everywhere i'm just like i'm like a city guy i'm like what is this shit but she's like ground yourself (laughs) yeah where did you do your yoga training oh i didn't i didn't didn't? no no i i I do yoga Mm -hmm. she's she's a yoga instructor now as well yeah what studio do you go to so ara studios so one in hamilton st andrews road oh sandwich sandwich road yeah off st andrews road uh, in st andrews yeah yeah and what type of yoga is that? Uh, it's mainly vinyasa flow. Nice. They do a bit of yin as well, which is, again, phenomenal. Yeah. Because yeah. like, I started, uh, I've got the story that I started when I became single and I couldn't touch my toes and I was single. So I was like... <laughs> Fix one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can touch my toes, still single. Like, what, five, six years later, whatever. Um, and then, yeah, I loved it at the gym with a couple of ads. And then um, at the time, RS Studios wasn't a thing. It was just down $5 yoga class in a dojo a Thursday night a Tuesday and a Thursday night and so at this stage as well so I was doing rugby under 21s phased out of that became a chore didn't actually like it went to a shitty club Frank not a shitty club a great club not a good performing club I think that year I may have won one game (laughs) (laughs) but playing with the lads you know for for the fun of it for the enjoyment but the other aspect was I didn't want to commit anymore yeah so every Tuesday night I was at yoga and every Thursday I'd go to training Uh uh-huh yeah, so that was like my entry as well into yoga. And then eventually, yeah, Lashara and her mum built Ara and built the studio and that. And just, I've been in love with it ever since. Nice. And it became from like a physical challenge, you know, like it's a good movement, good sweat up to being more present with self, uh, focusing on the breath. So every flow, uh, like every position is like inhale, exhale, mm. inhale, exhale. But it's a time to, for me to deload, time for me to turn up and give myself some time, some space. And just switch off. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I uh, again that end of end of uni. That was again someone I, someone I found with that ex girlfriend. I said it was a toxic relationship, but there was lots of good things came yeah. out of it. Um, she took me along to the Hare Krishna yoga in Auckland. Yeah, okay. loft. So that was like Tuesday, oh, Monday night maybe, and <clears throat> that sort of you know take you through the practice of yoga. It didn't really talk too much about the technicalities of what you were doing it was just more the positions and finding the positions and things like that and then you'd have a um her krishna meal afterwards so that was vegetarian and then like all off the farm that they have out in west Auckland. so it was mm-hmm. like real wholesome stuff and then when i moved to christchurch just down the road from me there was a hot yoga studio my sister-in-law actually sort of does some work for them now and so and all this time um in early uh, 2013 i tore my labrum in my hip and saw an orthopedic surgeon and he was like well we sh- you've got like it's pretty gnarly in there you have the single cam impingement with the neck of femur is too broad smacking onto the hip socket and you've torn the labrum and so i applied for acc and they said nah <clears throat> i did have health insurance then at the time but then i was also kind of like oh, i don't want to quite use that yet mm. so i was finding that yoga was really helpful and especially when I did this hot yin class and we did swan pose in 30 degrees and I just had my like leg up around my ears yeah. and I walked out of there being like, oh my God, this is what it, <laughs> this is what it's like to have free hips. Yeah. And so, and then I joined Les Mills in Christchurch and started every Monday and Wednesday and, and maybe even Fridays as well. I, was, I think I was doing it three times a week. I was going and doing the Les Mills version, so it's like Pilates, yoga, and like balance, tai Chi. Tai Chi. Yeah, 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 body balance, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so 
that was helping to manage my hip because um, I'd done that seventh season and again because I hadn't played rugby in 2014 I tried to put on a bit of weight worked on my speed did a bit of weight and but then got quite tight <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah and so then yeah I managed sacrifices it, were yeah, made I managed, managed it better through that rugby season and so yeah I'd, in my warm up for rugby I used to do like uh, pigeon pose and headstands and like all this sort of shit and even at Hotep I used to do that like uh, anyone listening to this that used to play with me at Hotep would have seen my weird <laughs> yeah, warm, warm up eh? like a bit of a headstand change her into a handstand yeah <laughs> that oh that's a sight to see hey, for yeah. a rugby player oh, handstand headstand no, that, that's not a good warm up mate warm up, warm up my neck no, yeah I was going to say yeah neck you're a forward I suppose you'd need that and yeah I used to be able to do a pretty good back pin back then I'm shit at it now my back's so yeah tight. so I didn't do it all last month because yeah. I was too busy running and I only thought when I'm in Hamilton and then yeah went to first class in ages yesterday and yeah back bend did a full wheel I was like oh shit still got it like nice. that feels good man the one, the one thing I found real weird running is like when I train like muscle ups or or bar work I'm not very good but then I did like training for um, ultra marathon and I jumped on a bar and was like whoop up to the top on a muscle up I was like what the fuck is that last the person in the gym losing weight nah mm-hmm. I put on weight it was real weird <laughs> but it's just like especially when you're running you know as you know now you run 21k's every morning yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah when you're running like 21k's before breakfast and before work you're just like so much time under tension through your core and holding that core stability that then when you go and do a movement that's like a transfer movement where you need to lock that oh. core and just allows the like yeah I might have to go grab a bar then. yeah yeah see how many muscle ups you can get through we got a uh, in-house CrossFit comp this weekend so yeah we'll see how it goes and so you only started that when you moved to Bubba or you'd done it already what the CrossFit, CrossFit. Uh, basically, basically, when I moved over the year, yeah, so it was, what five months, six months, yeah. yeah. How have you found it? Fucking love it, eh? Yeah, it's a great community. Like, like, um, they did a Movember rowing thing, so sixty k row, twenty five bucks. So you're doing that on top of running? Yeah, yeah. Or jump. You didn't have to do it by yourself. Okay. So we had a team of five, and so in the team of five, we would row a total of sixty k. Yeah, because the Movember does is like sixty kilometers is like the, the kind of yeah. set, set challenge, just standard challenge. And they honestly must have had like 12. Six, I think 60 has some sort of significance about Yeah, it does. Suicide yeah. attempts or something, which is not good. Um, so there's honestly maybe like 12 to 15 different rowers plus about four or five bikes. Mm. And there's a team on every single rower, so 25 bucks each. So Michael Brack jumped in there on yes, the last day. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, I actually had a good chat to him, man. Because like, I know him just through social media through Michaela. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, I'm pretty sure his name's Michael. And as he's walking past, I was like, Michael. <laughs> and he turned around like, who the fuck said that? I was like, shit, no. <laughs> but I actually had a good yarn to him, bro. And he'd be a cool guest. Um, yeah. Because we're... He, he, he well, was, I don't know if they still are there, but yeah, my flat, my mate Pat, who I've had on a couple of times, he actually lives with him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah he'd be phenomenal because I was talking to him about identity as well because yeah. obviously he's like... Finished now, yeah. Yeah, finished rowing. And it's like, what is he doing now? And he said he started up this business, but he's still kind of like the rower. Yeah. But now he's also doing coastal rowing. Yes. Which I actually went up and watched the one in uh, Auckland the other week, and it was fucking pretty cool, man. Yeah. Different. It but- looks okay, because um, that's one of those podcasts that you lose. Um, when I first started out, I started doing to Paddy McInnes, who was in the eight uh, in 2017. And then a couple of months ago, I was down Hawke's Bay, and I was like, Paddy, you want to do a podcast? And like, it had all the signature and shit, but then when I went to Platt, no sound came through. And I was just like, oh, mate. How I'm the just... fuck do you know that? Only to the end. 
when you go to oh it was when i went to go and try and upload it and yeah. there's like all the little signatures that we're seeing right now and there was no sound i was like this is fucking bullshit this was the awesomest conversation but yeah patty was telling me about coastal rowing i was like yeah that's loose <laughs> yeah so coastal rowing is uh you can have twos fours i don't think there's an eight but it's like uh, that'd imagine be, surf, be loose, eh? surf. Fuck, imagine eight. Hey, yeah. This this day was flat though, so yeah. there's no waves. But yeah, when there's big waves, I could imagine it'd be pretty fucking epic. But like surf life saving kind of start. So there's people in the boat, two on the shore, and it's one v one. So you run out, jump in your boat, weave through a course like uh, three cones, cones, turn around, come back in, and then yeah. run, run back in, and grab the flag. Yeah, and it is a, it is a, a skiff, but it's slightly wider than a rowing skiff. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. It, but you're, you're, you're not thinking surf boats, which are like a, a boat. No, nah, yeah, it's yeah. still a rowing boat. Skiff, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the waves, man, oh, that that could be cool to watch. But it was, it was a flat day when I was up there. Yeah, yeah. But that was a good excuse to get out of Hamilton and run somewhere else and catch up with a friend. Did so you guys get to go down to Marty to watch the eight when you're out Hamilton boys? Or oh, I just... never, I never rode, man. I no, but like the school didn't rock on down and yeah, uh, Ham, Ham boys, Marty A is like one of the best. I'm pretty sure. But as the school, you didn't go down and watch on nah, nah. Only if you're a part of the rowing community, That'd, that would have been cool. Yeah. yeah. What about the rugby? Was, was that like a whole school thing, or again just if you're involved? Again, only if you're involved. Yeah, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, is there? Any, did Ham boys have any rivalry with the rugby? Some pools, right? Sort of. See, I'm not too sure because I was, I was never in the first and stuff. Yeah. I was in the year that as a third fifteen, we won the Hamilton division. So we beat Cambridge first fifteen, St John's first fifteen. Yeah. And the following year, they both left the Waikato first division. Because <laughs> the thirds won. Because the thirds are beating everybody. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the following year, it became the thirds end up splitting into two second fifteens. So you had a junior team and a senior team. So the senior team was the thirds, and the junior team would follow the the first around in the Super 8. Yeah. Um, so, no, I don't really think we had a rivalry because we beat everybody, yeah. uh, hand boys, in, in the local area. Maybe St. Peter's might have been close, but... Yeah. Like, no, nah, not really. Yeah, I remember the second year I was in Cambridge, we didn't have a sevens team, but Leamington did. And so I jumped over the bridge and, and went and mucked around with them and they hosted a tournament and Hamilton boys came along Quinn Tamayo was playing and yeah. fucking hell Jesus oh, he was good out the gate eh? <laughs> yeah, I was like this is outrageous there's some superstars this, this guy's just like a seven four, but he's just making everyone look ridiculous I, I, I honestly remember like being a year nine watching Regan Weir and oh yeah ah um, oh, the can't remember his name Joe, Joe Weaver Joe, no, Weaver. Joe Weaver yeah, yeah, yeah the two of them playing now first with, and now they're like in the sevens for years and years and years I'm like fuck I remember watching them as a kid like yeah. damn <laughs> some athletes they come through yeah even like Sevu Reese, like he's been injured but whenever you get to watch him fucking unreal and just stacked and you're yeah. like fuck I went to school with that kind of guy yeah we both seasons with Hotapu man us and him and whole boys man had some beef and Sevu was part of that yeah beef. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, see, then I went to school with Aiden Johnstone. Yeah. So he was my year group. Nice. But, yeah, again, phenomenal man. Yeah. But no, see, like, even... Plays, plays for a good Super Rugby team, the Highlanders. <laughs> yeah, he's been there for years now, eh? Yeah. Well, that's where we, we sort of found his home. It was kind of like, you know, um, under-20s, Waikato system. Yeah, it's it's rough, Because oh, eh? he was co-captain of Waikato. Yeah. And then goes down to yeah, play plays, Super Rugby. Plays yeah. Super Rugby. It must be hard on his partner, especially having a second kid <laughs> moving around, you know, like... I think they got a house down there. Oh, okay, that'll be so right. I think they live down there. Yeah, which I think I think is what most super players do. They base themselves where their super contract is. Yeah. Did you listen to much of Waterlad? 
Yes, every now and then. Yeah. yeah. Did you listen to Shane Christie? No. no I'll go back no. and listen to that one. Old, um, because I was talking about uh, the mate that committed suicide earlier in the yeah, year. Yeah, okay. And Sh- Shane's also had real bad concussion, and um, he went to oh, Mexico and did ayahuasca a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think um, uh, Marsh had ever had actually heard of ayahuasca yeah okay so he, uh, he so like the whole purging and shit he'd be like what the yeah fuck it was a bit like doing? that like what are you talking what have you purged like he's yeah like, oh, i was literally sitting on the toilet <laughs> yeah now i've heard a bit about that like through andrew marcus andrew, aubrey marcus, aubrey marcus yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah he's, yeah, he's, he's into i don't listen to many of his stuff but yeah definitely like way back when i started listening to podcasts i dabbled in a few things and yeah he is like what a lad. I enjoy that because rugby stuff is relatable as well. Like, yeah, even say a Carlos Price interview the other week, I've listened to quite a few of his rugby ones because mm-hmm. I kind of know of them and stuff. But another good one that what a lad did was, um, fuck, I forgot his name right now. Uh, he plays for Ireland, he's the winger, played for the Chiefs. Oh, James Martin, no, James, fuck, yeah. Ponytail O'Neill. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that was a phenomenal chat, like just how he was. Lowe, James Lowe. James Lowe, yeah, 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 yeah. Phenomenal left foot kick, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. But like the yarns that he had about being like expectations that he had and like he was always the pretty boy kind of, mm. well, not necessarily pretty boy, but like, yeah, just get in touch and understand him because quite a lot of people hated him. Mm. But when you get to hear their own story, their own perspective of their life and what they've had to be through, go through, it's like pretty cool to hear. You've been in South on it, um, hearing Corey Flynn talk the other week i was like because mm. like Corey used to row and he'd be at, when i was growing up he'd be at the rowing club him Corey flynn clark termody jason rutledge that'll that'll be be out of the rowing club from boys high and you know you knew that they were good rugby players but then they're also like pretty good row mm-hmm. handy rowers i think both jason rutledge and um and clark termody did a stint with like new zealand rowing juniors before they turned into rugby players but yeah, and then him leaving Southland and going to Canterbury, and I, and I guess it was the same story with Justin Marshall, but like I remember the, the hate and stuff like that, and yeah, like hearing Corey Flynn's perspective was pretty interesting, and then like hearing his sort of battles with booze, and like I remember my mum will specifically know like times when the boys high boys at the rowing club just like throwing up everywhere and just like out the gate drunk and like to hear. Corey's like to, to hear that they're like stuck with him for so long even and like he was kind of like known as the like the boozer within the crusaders yeah. and all that sort of stuff and like getting told to pull his head and all that oh yeah um my parents watched it there's four part series on david beckham yeah 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 have yeah. you seen that oh i was obsessed with david i watched, <laughs> watched that hardcore. i watched it like the second and third episode and just the amount of hate that that man oh, got fuck. like that that is unreal and when you see that it's and then you go through the rugby world cup how much shit that you I don't know what it looked like, but the amount of shit the referee would have got. Oh. Because he's retired now. He's all done. three of them are retired. The video ref's retired now too. Oh, fuck yeah. See, like, the, oh, bro. Just yeah, and like, unreal. Same unreal. with, like, people talking about, like, Sam Kane and stuff, and, like, Sam Kane, like, feeling so disappointed in himself and embarrassing himself, and I'm like... But then you, like, look back in, like, 2001, and then, like, uh, 2007, you know, like, Richie was, like, crying and stuff like that. You're like, fuck, man, the... The weight of the world on those people was mm. pretty insane. But yeah, that that Beck's one. That Beck's one was fucking And like posh as well. and like Out the gate, man. Because like, yeah, like growing up playing football, I was, I was obsessed with that Beck's eh? Like, yeah. Like when that doco came out, I 
saw that it was going to be on i like chucked on netflix like was like where the fuck is this thing and it was like oh it comes out this day and so then i watched the lewis figo one yeah okay and like so his transfer to like <laughs> we had two shit shows of, of a transfer right like he was at porto he was supposed to go to the italian league and he was like split between i think parma and juventus and then so then he was like banned from the italian league because like he said he was going to one club and he, then he signed with the other and so they're like fuck Jeez. and then so then he ended up at barcelona and he was like their hero and yeah yeah won, like, won a couple of championships with them and then it was like he's at the world cup he's like crushing players and like just just the man like you watch figo play he just like snakes through the the um team he's like why isn't nobody tackling him <laughs> yeah and then yeah um he was like oh uh, real madrid want me and that's like bass's like enemy as well mm. and i'm like what we're dealing with like a um presidents and stuff and you're at the world cup like we'll, we'll get to this once this is all and so yeah then it was like now nah, i'm staying now nah, i'm leaving now nah, i'm staying now nah, i'm leaving now nah, i'm staying now nah, and then eventually left yeah yeah and then and then bex ended up at barcelona as well so yeah that that story is quite good as well because it helps to feed it marries him. up yeah marries yeah. up and then it was the dane one as well because he used to be at juventus and then he ended up at um yeah i hate Hey, I hate soccer. You hate soccer. Never watched the full game. <laughs> I been to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium because yeah. my old man's a fan. Yeah, uh, I got to go to the top of the stadium. And Is that why your mum doesn't like it? Because your dad's a Spurs fan. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I just don't like soccer. Don't like soccer. I've never, never know, don't know how it plays. Yeah. Well, I was like, yeah, you know, you kick a ball, but when you know tactics, you kind of understand it better. But no, no. Oh, that's right. That's what I'm liking as well. And like, I bet people if they ever watch a water polo game, they'll be like, what the fuck just happened yeah 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 100% whereas uh, at a water polo game I'd be absolutely fizzing because you know what's going on know what's going on yeah <laughs> know what they're trying to do like I could imagine the same would be for volleyball to some degree because there's like yeah, yeah especially when you bring on a libero like fades it's and, like what's that person doing why, why don't they hit the ball yeah yeah like all <laughs> sorts of shit eh? like fuck if you don't know the sport yeah it's not that entertaining yeah, that's a beautiful thing about in Southland eh? like I played softball um Played volleyball, played water polo, swam, played soccer, played rugby, played sevens, played league. Or my, you know, watched league, fan league. My grandpa had like played league for Otago and stuff. So All round like, athlete. Just, okay, no. nah, just better. Just small, <laughs> small pond. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, getting the first eleven cricket, getting the first eleven football. No worries. <laughs> Play men's grade when you're like thirteen. Doesn't matter. Oh shit. There's just not enough people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Then you go to Auckland and it's like, oh yeah. I played National Youth League. I'll, I'll rock up for Central United. They're like, sorry, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> it was rough. I was oh, I like, first game, scored a goal off the bench. And then I had an exam on the Tuesday. And then the next week, they're like, oh, no, you're not playing. I was like, fuck. That's, that's when I quit soccer. Yeah. yeah. Hello, going on. I was like, nah, don't need this. <laughs> oh, that's a lot of sports play. Yeah. Yeah. Playing, playing rugby was, was cool. Yeah. So on, back to that quarter life crisis thing. Like, what i also started blogging and trying to just write, write out the ideas mm-hmm. that's how like sort of the podcast was an evolution of that like trying to define what success is is that sort of like some of the questions you you're exploring with with other people what did you say 56 episodes yeah something like that um success definition of success did pop up in one of the episodes with josh quartermain um because he struggles to define success and we kind of question that a little bit but and now the podcast started just i was 
I enjoyed talking to people. Yeah. It's deeper than surface level shit. Um, and a great example that I always say to people is like, I knew my friend Becca Gray, Glass Eye. She had an accident a few years ago. Always wanted to know stuff about like, like how does it make you feel? Can you like your balance? Do you mm. notice when people look at the other eye? But we're never in a situation where I could ask her. It's it's not the right time. Mm-hmm. Like you're around the table getting on the piss or something. So it was an opportunity to put a mic in front of somebody and talk to them about questions that I wanted to ask. Um, I started off, like I said, with just all my friends. Uh, so like one of the first ones, um, well, my first one is with Shara, so the one with the yoga studio. Mm-hmm. So the evolution of the yoga studio. Then a friend with Crohn's disease, uh, so depression as well, tried committing suicide. One after that was a friend, so a mutual friend at the time, um, committed suicide. So it was her, uh, the partner. Fuck. So I got to talk to the partner about, obviously, the loss of her boyfriend, whatever, through suicide. Um, and then just got to talk to my best friends about stuff. And then it slowly evolved into the key turning points, which it is today. Uh, there's a lot of evolutions, a lot of trial and error throughout the podcast. Like I used to start and end with the same questions. Changed the questions. Now I don't have the questions. Now I've kind of got a little couple in there again. Um, but yeah, it's just, now it's just learning how other people dealt with their issues in life. Like, uh, not issues, but so the way key turning points is like key turning points that define a phase or point of your life. Um, so like yours could be leaving university. Mm. So why was that a key turning point? How did that make you feel? What did you do? Did you seek help from somebody? That kind of thing. And then, so that, so the situation of the Crohn's disease may not be relatable to people, but trying to commit suicide, that may be relatable. Um, but dealing with adversity, that's mm. relatable to everybody. So putting life into perspective and understanding how other people go through it. Uh, so the guy I recorded with the other day, he lost his son mm-hmm. uh, in his hands mm. and like just born. But then again like that was a difficult conversation because he's never really opened up he's not an open kind of person and you kind of have to like pull and pull information out of it. so again learning curves from me myself but eventually it turns out the baby was 21 weeks had to give birth because of a, a defect heart defect thing and then it passed mm. away and then he talks about going casket shopping oh, man. so like these kind of deep chats that you never fucking be able to have with anybody yeah. and then you learn what it's like and then it puts your life into perspective and being like you're grateful for what you've got mm-hmm. that kind of thing but also, say for instance, going back to Lashara, I've had her on twice. She's had three babies, um, three miscarriages, and two abortions. Mm. So the story of eight pregnancies was kind of the title, and that is super relatable. She got a lot of feedback from that because miscarriages aren't spoken no, of. No. But that's relatable, and mm. how you deal with it and how everybody bundles it in, but you need to be able to talk to people and how you decide who you talk to and stuff. So it's just evolved and evolved and evolved and... I think Seamus passed it on in your podcast about with Hayley Holt. Yeah. Yeah. About like just send the, send message, the message and don't see. expect a reply. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I had listened to that Hayley Holt episode and then that was great, I knew yeah. that I knew that it had like impacted Seamus and then he brought it up when, when he was talking to you. I was like, mm, yeah, that's, that was like a, a real like good hit home and a good yeah. val- valuable thing. And I think even when it came to the ambassadors, they were sort of like, oh, can you guys talk more about the like what to do <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah which like for me with this podcast like that's that's what sort of resonates in moments like that in between two beers and like moments like what you're talking about there in your in your podcast is like 
um, as I was telling you off here, I started, what sort of got me motivated to start it was hearing that um, every man, and that was the sort of men's emotional wellness and literacy, which in New Zealand, I think we're really, really weak at, and I am specifically, specifically, and I've got better through practicing it Mm. through this podcast, like you say, creates an environment where you can be open and and vulnerable. Um, I think there's definitely an art to it as well. Yeah. To peel back layers. Yeah. And that's what's really cool about documenting it and sharing it is that it, you know, it allows people to get it in their ears and think about it and ruminate on it and think it over. And I don't know if you're like me, you listen to that in the car and you're sort of thinking about things. You sort of catch on moments in, in a podcast and you think further on it and it helps you reflect on your own life. And yeah, it, that's it's cool to keep hearing podcasts like mm. that. It, it's, it's oh, really once cool. again, it's that plucking little bits of knowledge from yeah. each and every one of everybody. Yeah. Yeah, like I sort of toyed with the idea of starting a men's group and I was like oh like time and stuff like that like it was Mm. the same with seed like I put a lot of energy into that and I was like oh time in my life I can't do that you know I've got a daughter on the way (laughs) I need to be going to um, hypnobirthing classes (laughs) yeah Um, and yeah you know painting a room and all that sort of shit but yeah it was it was was a really useful term tool because it was kind of that like year leading in where i started listening to this guy talk about you know broadening your vocabulary around emotions and acknowledging emotions feeling them moving on from them and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah another aspect is that questions pop up in my head yeah throughout the weeks and stuff and it gives me an opportunity to ask people that Mm -hmm. so like that motivation the seed kind of thing but also i remember way back at the beginning uh, Matt Wallbank and then my, my best friend Emma Palmer during that period I felt really lost mm-hmm. so both of them I was able to ask like well, how do you deal with the sensation or feelings of not having a purpose or feeling mm-hmm. lost mm-hmm. and you know so like, I've just had this phenomenal chat with one of my high school friends like or not even high school intermediate like childhood friends Amber and like we've just first time I've cried on a podcast mm-hmm. about her like old man passing then like it's like okay real chat here like what do you do if I feel lost? And like just being able to share that with other people. So yeah, I'm 26. I I've developed so much in the last couple of years, but I still don't know what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I've I've followed this white picket fence dream line kind of thing, and you realize that that's not for everybody. Mm. And so that's another aspect of it is trying to figure out how other people have dealt with their life, their crises, the quarter life crisis. Like I, I was asking you because it's very interesting in how other people do it. Um, and yeah like well how did you get through that how did you get through that mm. like there are other options out there so it's just super interesting yeah and like that's what, I think that's what's awesome about having having a diverse array of people in your life like it's always those sayings of like being the dumbest in the room or mm. least experienced in the room are super valuable because yeah you can see a path but then I was listening to Doug Avery on the way home. He's the resilient farmer. He's from Mulberry. Um, was farming on a family farm and through five years of drought and it was just kind of like he'd, he'd let go of all his staff. There was just him left on the farm doing everything, not making money, not making pasture. And yeah, he's just like, you've got to have courage to go first, first step. And it's the same thing like when you're surrounding yourself with people, you can be in that scenario of comparing up and having like 
no worth or you can use them as an example of what's possible and then you, if you can have enough courage to ask them um, this is my situation what would you do or like how did you get from the entrance level to there and again on the idea of like comparing up and feeling bad about yourself you might find that actually they had some like your podcast is turning points that meant that they made a big leap you mm. know or they they had a breakthrough in some some way and or they had somebody come in and help them out or or give them opportunity and stuff like that so hang on and know that you're doing the right thing moving forward and you're always making progress and somewhere along the way if you're doing the right things that opportunity will present and then you'll get that sort of big big growth spurt, yeah so those one percent is that compound day yeah. after day after day after day but a question there then is if you're not the smartest in the room how do you find that that mm. other room mm. <laughs> yeah. how do you find the other room <laughs> like how like it, it's it's pretty hard yeah, that was that was why i when i was at Ryla, i was like we need to start something yeah so see yeah and then i i saw that as yeah. a young adult young yeah. professional i never went yeah like fuck i don't, I don't want i don't know like you, <laughs> you need someone you need someone to hold your hand sometimes yeah yeah um but that is something i struggle with as well is like how do you find that other room yeah so like my, my analogy to another reason why I moved out of Hamilton was because I see myself with this table in front of me, right? Mm. And every chair at the table is a different family or friend that brings an attribute to my life. Mm -hmm. And to me, I just had a couple empty chairs that I I, okay, I need yeah. to go full up. Yeah. Like I'm saying, like all my lads from high school, they're still at the fucking table. Yeah. <laughs> they ain't fucking going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know? Um, and then it's just, yeah, I just needed to find these couple extra people. But then again, it's like, how? Yes. So for me, that was trying to move city, uh, get into the community. So that's why I got into CrossFit. I've started doing the run groups there. Um, I tried a yoga over there. It didn't quite work out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, middle-aged ladies don't really want to talk to you. <laughs> um, they go, but, oh, they, they yeah. go, oh, that's cute. <laughs> but then, yeah, if you start thinking about career, then now you look back at the career. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm working from home in Papamore, um, come to Hamilton to work. I still work in the same area. How do I get into a smarter room? Mm. Uh, you change company. But then, what Maybe. if you love your company? Yeah, and if your your job's great, then it's again, it's difficult. Uh, yeah, that's probably that like perspective of there's forty years of work. If you if you you know end up retiring at at sixty five, and hopefully over those forty years, how work looks like is way different. So then then there's sort of the the time frame. But then you like if you're anything like me like fuck man i'm so impatient it's, it's well a lot of people tiptoe through life's trying to like hoping to safely make it through to death yeah so you're talking about 40 years of work well it doesn't mean you're gonna work for 40 years and then be satisfied like you gotta think about the now the present oh that's what i'm saying yeah. I'm, I'm i i but said that said that it's go 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 away yeah All i said gas, that, no break i said that concept of there's 40 years from work but i'm someone who worked um 18 months in my first job, uh, two and a half years in the next job, one year in the job after that, two and a bit years after that, one year, not quite a year, and now it's been um, seven and a half months, and I'm like, right, like, let's go, like, what are we doing next? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you got itchy pants, eh? Oh, but, uh, like, that's because what I want is to be, like, running it. <laughs> and, yeah. and, like, especially in the last few times it's been like can i do that or can't i because if i can't then i'm not here anymore this is why i'm here and so like 
now I'm working with Spigsaver as a big company. It's like you've got to go on the pace of like a, like the beautiful thing about Spigsaver is these systems, but the downfall is these systems. You've got to follow, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah, you've yeah. Got to follow the systems, and like you are just an individual, and so you got to if you want to if you want to work in the security and the in the in the safety and the process of systems, well then you got to follow systems. So I think yeah. the other one that like keeps me in check is I don't want to be a cog in the wheel. Yeah, like the wheel of life. Um, you know, you kind of want to be the main character of your own life. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one that I like is if your life up to today was put in a book, mm. would you be happy to read that book? Hard, yeah. Like if you look back at what you've done, it's like shit. Could I be doing better? You know, like. Yeah. If you you have that pen in your hand. So if I can do something. Have you pushed out as far as you can go on a couple of things? Probably not, no. How was the fifty? So that so for the listeners, uh fifty kilometer run, trail run. Um my so I went travelling, came back from travelling and I needed some extrinsic goals. Yeah. So something to work towards. Um, and straight away I thought Tarawera and also the mountain bike race in Rotorua the Fucker 100, Fucker 100 yeah. but uh, Taupo ended up being around Fucker 100 so I didn't do that but um, so Tarawera and I was like yeah I'll do Tarawera there's a 50k there's a 100k and there's a 100 miler mm. and I was like fuck I'll, I'll just do one of them you know push push out the boat like you say uh, only done three marathons mm-hmm. uh, but curiosity is how hard you can push yourself mm-hmm. so then Taupo was a stepping stone mm-hmm. really uh, so 50k and that was fine uh, fine in a sense that I completed it. Um, nutrition was all good. I had a sore gut. Turns out I just needed a piss. Um, <laughs> had mean blisters, but blisters are blisters. Uh, yeah. I didn't train well for it. My longest run prior to that was only a 32K run, which is from Papamoa. Yeah. All the way down the beach, up the mountain a couple of times, all the way back along the beach. And you know that Kinlock track, that's hilly as fuck. Yeah. So that slapped me for six kind of thing. Um, yes. But I completed it. And the worst thing in my life probably has been... I did Mount Everest yeah uh, base camp and mm-hmm. got altitude sickness so I I, I lost my appetite mm-hmm. and didn't eat for multiple days had no energy and that was probably the only time I've really had to fight for my life because um, you couldn't get a helicopter out I tried <laughs> actually uh, coming down from the top I tried hiring a horse but um, uh, to get in uh, it's like one of the most dangerous airports in the world yeah a local airport I think it is and so we had helicopter in and it only cost us 150 US to helicopter in and this horse was going to cost me 250 US <laughs> and I was like nah fuck that like I'm, I'm walking um, so thank fuck I didn't because it was so treacherous would have been up and down you would have had to strap me to it I had yeah. no energy but in that kind of sense like that pushed me physically and mentally and then you come back and then it's like okay what's curiosity again it's like how hard can you push yourself yeah and like yeah CrossFit kind of taps into that but it's 15 minutes to half an hour and you're done yeah so um, yeah the 50k yeah done it but you know, it's like tick. It's okay. <laughs> it's, so what did you, what did you learn at base camp? Because that's that's pretty gnarly. I've I've had a few friends and my, my mate's mum did it. She like got out. She's this fellow who gave herself a big black eye, and then I like she goes tramping out in the mountains and stuff. And I talked to her a couple of times about it. And she was like, I oh, just she's like she's like stopping enough to because her friend was doing yeah, the same. Yeah. Like, should we get you out of here? And she's like, Nah, we we going like. So it's interesting spend another day in the tent and one of my most going. favorite podcasts was um between two bears with josh Coleman. yeah oh, fuck that phenomenal young and the fact that his mate carried his bag and he's like now fuck you like, oh i know yeah, yeah. Got angry about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's like i'm fucking carrying my bag i wasn't carrying my bag by the time like, yeah 
Um, and then there's actually a, a, this person who contacted me on Instagram that at the start of the year asked for advice, like she's wanted to do it, and she just did it. She messaged me back, and um, she actually got uh, hit by a a, a bull or something, eh? Like bruised her up the leg and like really damaged her. And I'm like, fuck, thank God. Just fear up there or something. Yeah, oh, I don't know what you're doing to. Yeah, you must have been walking pretty close, but it's pretty funny to hear. Uh, but she did it, and she actually got to see a lot more than I did. It was pretty overcast when I did it. Um, what did I learn? I don't know. Not to do a three month bender before doing the hike. <laughs> <laughs> that that is key. Um, one of the lads I was with, um, <laughs> shout out Alex. Right, he's a chef from England. Yeah, and he was punching darts all the way up. Hey, we got to a certain point. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'll stop after this point, and uh, realized he can buy cheap darts off the porters. <laughs> And he went all the way up and sunk a beer at the top as well. And meanwhile, I'm fucking struggling, dying, like, couldn't eat my food. Maybe the nicotine outside of that. Oh, mate, it was phenomenal. So every, each and every one of us are different. Uh, that's probably a learning. Uh, go at your own race. Nicotine probably pace. does help, actually. Probably helps with the... With oh, I wouldn't, wouldn't the know. Fucking burn my lungs out. But there's uh, multiple groups going up at the same time, and I was the only one who got sick. Um, there's an old guy in the other group that had been training in altitude chambers. And he's like, what was your training? I said, oh, mate, three months on the piss. Like, not much. On the piss. So, <laughs> yeah. The fact that you can push yourself a lot harder than you think you can. Oh, yes. Like, you hear you hear and hear and hear people saying that. But so, uh, knowledge is knowing, wisdom is doing. Mm. So, the wisdom I gained through that and, like, pushing your body. Same thing with, like, doing the 30 half marathon. It's like, pushing your body, phenomenal. How was that? So. Because that's just been, that's fresh. Yeah, so um, for November, I did 30 half marathons in 30 days. Um, I just finished listening to Ned Brockman's book. I don't know, Ned. <laughs> so he's the guy that ran across South, uh, through, across Australia? No. Oh, I know. Yes, I know you're talking about Yeah, now. yeah. So he had a book. Hell, hell of a welcoming party at Bondo Beach. Oh, Jesus. fucking hell. <laughs> Picked um, the whole place out. But on oh, his... Dino Gleason would have been like, who the fuck are these guys at? Oh, <laughs> like, phenomenal lad. He's kind of like, uh, in a way, like a David Goggins, but way younger and hasn't done as much yeah um he talks about david in his book actually and how they connected without even having to speak because they know they know what each other's been yeah. kind of thing. but he did 50 full marathons in 50 days while working as a sparky and then there's a part in the book where he was talking about this journey and his mate messaged him and it just like was so inspirational i was just like fuck man like what else can i do like what could i do and this is a few days before november i couldn't be bothered doing november this year we did it for work last year and you know no one really gives a shit um and then i was just like fuck 30 days there's a time frame yeah half marathon two hours a day i could give that a go set a smart goal <laughs> yeah exactly it wasn't simple but it was measurable yeah it was achievable realistic not really time frame 30 days yeah i was like okay message my friend yeah lashara and she's like that's ludicrous but if someone you can do it it's you yeah. um and then i was like fuck who else could i message Messages another mate and he's like, fuck you, go carry the boats, boy. Like, go hard. <laughs> and the lofts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was like, fuck you, Keen. Um, so I kept it quiet for the first seven days because I wasn't sure if my body could handle it. Yeah. I uh, came off the Auckland Marathon, did that with my mate. So pretty relaxed. Like, I wasn't going out the gate, wasn't hurting, whatever. Um, so I had a so that Sunday, ankle injury, started running Wednesday. Kept it quiet for the seven days. Like, fuck you, I can do this. So that's when I made it kind of public. And then started sharing it. And then, yeah, so 30 days, 30 half marathons. Quite often it was either 4.30 in the morning or 4.30 in the afternoon I was running. Um, 
by the end I had a couple of people joining me and a couple of them so shout out Renee uh, she jumped in a few of them one of them my, jump, my mate Josh Quartermain jumped in that morning I couldn't even shed my leg like because I had these fucked up things behind my knee I don't know so so again you talk about pain and pushing through it and physios will probably hate me for saying it but like I push through every single thing I had mm. so straight away blisters all over my toes not a physio thing but blisters strapping them up after a week sweet ankle injury gone knee pain couldn't strain my leg gone after a few days had a hamstring issue gone shin splint fucking nearly pulled the pin on like 21 or 22 days uh absolute agony just fucking so much pain um a few days later gone i uh, finished with a achilles swollen achilles i couldn't lift lift or extend my foot <laughs> so the last last uh four days i think was the achilles injury um dragging your feet and I drank twice, I think. So the following Sundays, or like the following day, hungover, um, those are the days I pushed the boat out and just like kind of punished myself, which would be like my PB runs. <laughs> yeah, but probably not smart because that's probably where that Achilles came from. But whatever. Dehydrated, your tenders like, yeah, what's going yeah. on, mate? <laughs> so again, it just became, I think I mentioned it earlier, non-negotiable. Mm. Like, just get up and do it. Um, time chunking was very valuable. Like I had to go to a granular level. Like I was working in kind of 15-minute chunks. I still did CrossFit three days a week. Um, I still socialized. Like I did that Movember thing as well. Yeah. I still went to my work Christmas function. Like I wasn't hibernating. I was adding it into my life. Um, what so, was the Movember thing you did? Oh, for the, the Mount CrossFit, the rowing. Oh, the yeah, 60K yeah, right. row. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so I did the 60K row with the boys and then went out for a half marathon afterwards, you know. <laughs> um, so yeah, phenomenal challenge. Good finish. Fundraise, 3000 bucks. Like, that was a byproduct like they never saw it coming um, shout out to RS Studios and Flatpak Company for they donated quite a bit and everybody who donated that was amazing um, I did message everybody I that I knew message like anon- if it's anonymous I can't message you but like yeah. everybody did that was yeah, pretty cool to see $3,000 for Movember yeah. for doing 30 half marathons Roundy will have to get you in the crew I think yeah <laughs> see I had heard that that before so one of my past guests Matt Woolbank so he did that he started up his own um, foundation foundation yeah to, for like uh, stationary and primary schools yeah and then so he did that run and fundraise for that and then he also did one year for I Am Hope 650 odd uh, kilometres in the month and wow. so I was able to contact contact him and talk to him a little bit about what did he do in that but he split his days up so like say 10k in the morning 10k in the afternoon yeah. Um, but that's another thing that I didn't want to do. People are like, oh, take a day off, or oh, split your runs. I was like, fuck off. Yeah, like come, su- come, and, come and support me. <laughs> yeah, like, come run, <laughs> come motivate me. Like, tell me you can do this. Not, oh, take the day off. Take the yeah, day that's off. interesting. Yeah, you like, fuck. Yeah, that's real weird. See, that's the that's the type of people that you want at your table is to be able to go, fucking yeah, you got this. Like, yeah, we'll pick up the pieces when you're done. <laughs> like, you got this, bro. Like, that's what you want in your corner. Yeah, that was like, yeah, that's that's interesting. Like, I I was lucky at my work. My boss was training to do his Ironman. Yeah. So see, that's just not the level, man. Yeah. So the that was amount of training you have to do. That was like kind of like in parallel, and my mate Hal's was the one that was like, oh, you know, you, you got it. She grabbed me a pro- program, and it's just like, damn, just just basically time on legs. I should say, mm. it's time on legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, it's it's meant away. And then you were saying about hills. My my ultra was the same. Eh? Like I used to run Tomato Peak. I did, did this loop in the car workers once, 
and then but basically most of it was on the flat eight yeah and then i think one of our hills was two thousand meters <laughs> and there was there was there was three others that were like 400 meters and so yeah my knees and itb were not good <laughs> yeah, hurting, eh? yeah that was another thing i got sick so we did uh legend of the peaks yeah so with well. the boys yeah, yeah and um one of the boys was sick and ran behind him for over two and a half hours and got sick yeah that, that had me real bad as well um I don't know if it was because of the sickness, but there was a period where I was like three or four days just shit in black. And like, you can Google it and it'll yeah. be like internal bleeding in your intestines and shit. It's like, exit, exit. You're like, fuck that. But see, uh, once again, that came right. No, uh, sickness. I could, could, couldn't actually get rid of the sickness for ages. I've got a whoop strap. Yeah. So that's uh, health data and that. And for the whole month, just overachieving, sleep, fucking low as, recovery, absolute shite. Like, I fucked up everything. But good challenge, all yeah. in all, yeah. What are we now? Sixth? Is it? Well, I'm back yet? Uh, yep, yep. My like sleep recovery or like sleep performance is already gone from like a 63 back up to I think in the 80s. Mm. Um, green recoveries, yep. Except for after coat day, I think there's two there. <laughs> um, so what, yeah, they, no. what do they do to your sleep? No, oh. rim, no rim. <laughs> Pretty much. That, that's what it does. Yeah. Um, so with the whoop, you can actually log different things. So, um, after every morning there's like journal and you can add in or remove prompts so you can have prompts of like drunk enough water if you had a sauna if you had sex if you slept in the same bed if you had a covid shot or all sorts of things like these heaps heaps of different little bits of data and it's the beauty of an american company hey like boswell market of 300 million people but like even if even if they got what's that 10 30 000, 30 million people hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and then, that's like massive. Duck. That's why the American market's so good. Yeah, yeah, like for unreal. stuff like this. And you can have like yeah, calcium, zinc, vitamin C. Like yeah. if you took that during the day, if you're on a keto diet, if you stuck to it, you know, if you ate bad food, processed food. But um, after a period of time, it has like five ticks and five crosses. It can generally pick up um, like data points, and so you can have positive or negative uh, percentage on your recovery. Yeah. And yeah, the alcohol is like negative sixteen percent. So it's as bad as it gets, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So don't drink alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the um, other thing that wearables are revealing. Eh, just like how bad, how bad. Oh, it's not that bad. Like, oh yeah. So here's here's a metric. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you have metrics, oh, I just love data, man. Like, if I wake up and it's red and I feel good, oh my like, fuck, it. I feel good, man. Yeah. If I wake up and I feel like shit and it tells me it's green, then maybe I'll think like, oh, I'm just playing in my head. But it, it, don't let it dictate your life. Yeah. That's one of the big things. Like, okay. Even if you have a Garmin or Apple Watch and it's easier to shit sleep and you feel good, yeah, fuck, don't make it make you feel like shit. <laughs> like, just take it on board. You're like, yeah, I, I had good sleep. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing for New Year's? Just hanging around home. I think there's a festival on uh, in the Mount. Yeah, always. Yeah, yeah but nah. So you're doing Tower Tarawera in February? Yep. 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 So that's the plan. Tarawera in February. Uh, there's a Mount CrossFit competition. So team of four at the start of February, and then after those kind of those are my extrinsic goals mm-hmm. that I mentioned, um, and then I want to go traveling again to Southeast Asia. Yeah, just backpacking again. Yeah, cheaper than in Europe. <laughs> have you been to Europe? <laughs> yeah, that was my last trip, three yeah. and a half months. And how did you end up in Himalayas? So that was at the end. So I went through Egypt. Yeah. So Kentucky and Egypt for seven days, and then Kentucky and Europe for twenty odd days. Floated around for however long after that and then on my way home went through india so india uh delhi to Kathmandu tour two weeks and then the Kathmandu everest tour two weeks back home <laughs> yeah so i came home skinny ass yeah and it was just altitude sickness now 
dilly, yeah, yeah, dilly just, billy doing it. No, no, no. Fuck. Yeah. Oh, there was like, I love spicy food, eh? Yeah. Um, and yeah, when we're in India, it's always like, oh, give me something spicy, spicy, spicy. Never got it today until like maybe so kiwi hot. Maybe kiwi like hot. the fifth day or seventh, sixth day, and I uh, finally got something spicy, eh? And fuck it, honestly burnt. And I was just like, left a little bit on the plane. It's like, oh, gotta eat it, gotta eat it. And this is the day that we went and saw the Taj Mahal, like uh, beautiful place. And so the following day morning, we're going up and we're walking through um, like a little bush area for another viewing just mm-hmm. in the bush. And um, yeah, that morning I was picking up leaves, like preparing for the worst. Eh? Like, it was just so bad. And then we eventually got to a cafe and thank fuck they had a toilet there. And yeah. Oh. What was what was with the curry? No, it was just spicy. Just spicy food. Yep. But like, did they do any meat or anything like that? Or? Oh. Can't remember. Yeah, I had heaps of chicken, I think. Yeah. Um, I know in Nepal I had a bit of ox. I think it was ox or buffalo, water buffalo. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no beef. What'd you do in? Oh, lamb. There's lamb. What'd you do in Egypt? Oh, uh, that was just a seven-day Kentucky. Yeah. Um, so the pyramids, the Sphinx. You go down to Luxor and. How'd they build it? <laughs> fuck knows, man. <laughs> no idea. It's phenomenal. But there's another one. Um. Oh, I can't remember the name. It might have been Abu Simbel or something. But there's another tomb. There's actually two tombs. But when they built the dam, I think it was on the Nile, or whatever, the water level was rising. And so there's going to flood. So then they had to lift, or they had to come up with an idea to obviously not flood these um, two temples or tombs or whatever you call them. And so they put them out to different countries. And like one of them was like, put a big dome over it. Mm. So it'd be like a water feature and you have to go down on that. But at the end, I can't remember what country won it, but basically they cut up these temples into jigsaw puzzles, basically, squares, perfect little squares, and li- uplifted it, same alignment, so that when the sun rises, it comes straight to the feet of the pharaoh, or whatever it is, and all that. Phenomenal. Like, so they moved it? Yeah, moved it up. I don't know how many meters, like 60 or 50 meters, and pieced it all back together, and it looks immaculate, looks perfect. You can kind of see like the lines and bits and pieces, but fuck, phenomenal. Once again, how the fuck do they do it? don't know man this word this is more modern but they don't know how they moved it no no they would know how they moved it i don't personally like oh, yeah. fuck me like it was a good job yeah how do they make the pyramids no idea <laughs> no, even the sphinx like how how would you do that and then they don't even know if it's the right head yeah like, oh mate what do the guides say and they're just kind of like we don't know <laughs> check this out <laughs> yeah to be honest i can't really remember yeah. it's a long time ago now a lot of brain cells lost since then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I can't really remember. What were the what were the crew like that were travelling around Egypt? Um, so these are different. Yeah, so uh, Kentucky- oh, you, you think of Europe, Kentucky, like oh, yeah, Aussie Africans and New Zealanders, but yeah, yeah. So you think that? So Egypt, Kentucky. So it was with Kentucky, like the Kentucky group. Yeah, uh, average age maybe around twenty five, twenty six for Egypt. Mm-hmm. Great people. Uh, majority of them were pretty good. There's a few people that are just there quiet by themselves, but. Me and my buddy got along real well. Uh, Camilo from uh, America. And there's a few Aussie blokes, phenomenal people as well, like still in touch with a few of them. Uh, really connected real well. Go to the Europe, Kentucky, average age, maybe 20. <laughs> like completely so different. You were the old dad. Yeah, man. Or oh, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't the oldest, but completely different vibe, like party hard kind of thing. Um, and then the Delhi to Kathmandu, that was through Intrepid Journey. There's only three of us, mm-hmm. uh, one from England and one from Aussie. Uh, the dude from Aussie came over with a bit of cash and an FWAS card that didn't work. Oh, shit. I uh, don't know why he brought it. Uh, he couldn't use it. And 
that causes a bit of issues later on. And then the uh, did intrepid journey again for the for the hike, and that was a uh, two English and American, or three English and American in there. Most. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I'd I'd recommend doing some like tours and stuff like a lot safer. Uh, you don't have to think if you like me. You don't want to think and plan. Yeah. Um, I did do a bit of solo travel afterwards. Um, and just float around that kind of thing but if you don't want to organise shit fuck do it to a man you meet some wicked people it's amazing nice man so where do people find you Mason? Um, Instagram I yeah. suppose that that is uh, me Mason um, and yeah the podcast is Valuable Chapters yeah I can't say I really do any plugs don't really know what people want to see but yeah no uh Link that in the show notes um, so people can find it very easily. Yeah. yeah. And have you heard my last question? What keeps you in flow? Oh, <laughs> I, I have because I've recently listened to a couple of yours as well. So, keep... so it's like a, a quote or a way you live your life or a mantra that when you're applying it, things go well, or if you're in a bad spot, you can call on it to help turn things around. Do you have anything like that? Uh, first one that comes to mind is win the morning, win the day. Yeah, nice. Uh, I fucking make that. Um, but if some if shit gets hard, fuck, I don't know, man. I do do a lot of gratitude and like uh, journaling myself, so gratitude and what went well during the day, and then that sets me up in a good mind space anyway, day to day. So I'm always looking for the positives. I'm always compassionate, empathetic, and all that kind of shit. Um, but what yeah really gets me going, I suppose, is fresh air. Mm. Like walking the dog, uh, win the morning, win the day, honestly. Like, that's the other thing is like running half marathons every day, waking up at 4 30, going for a half marathon, <laughs> finishing 6k loop with a run group, having a cup of coffee with them, doing my groceries on the way home, starting work at 8 instead of 7 30 because I had groceries, and knowing that like everybody else has just rocked out of bed and jumped online. It's just like, fuck man, I've won the day. Like, that is so true. <laughs> but if you, if you have adversity in the morning in any way possible, like if it's a cold shower as simple as that you go to work you know that there's nothing that's gonna fucking upset you yeah because if everything's firing outside of work then when you go to work you're humming you're mm. good to go even if you work shit you know like you, you should be good to go so what keeps me in flow yeah win the, win the morning win the day loose man thank you so much for coming this way and I appreciate it safe trip home and yeah you'll be on mine one day yeah absolutely keen as <laughs> nah cheers mate much Sweet. appreciated boom